rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in high places, and I render them harmless and ineffective against us, and I loose the hearing of your voice tonight, God. I loose our ears to be opened, our hearts to be opened, our eyes to see. Lord, I thank you that now I loose the, the, the flood of the Holy Spirit to just flood in upon our gardens and just water the seed that's going to be planted tonight and, and just water the seeds that are already planted, those that are beginning to come up right now. Lord, I thank you for them pushing through the soil and seeking the sun. Now, Father, we just pray this in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. I'm going to get into this real quick tonight because I want to talk about something. I just, um, uh, you know, this, this morning I was, I was just, I was at the computer and I was looking over some scriptures and I was like, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to, you know, talk about tonight? Because I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, um, the millionaire next door and this article that I was reading and, and some, some things that they began to talk about. And I was started working on that and, and it just didn't, it just didn't flow. It just didn't go. And it was just, I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? How many of you have ever dealt with stress? Raise your hand. Good. Okay, anybody not dealt with stress? Raise your hand. Okay, let's see them hands again. If you've kind of been dealing with stress in your life, okay, look around. Okay, that's, that's just about everybody, so I guess God knows what he's talking about. See, I don't, I don't believe that you have to go to a doctor to get free from depression and anxiety. See, the world, the, the world that we live in now, you see so many different things, and the first of all, they want to prescribe you pills. They want to say, if you're going to overcome stress, here. You know, and, and I, I couldn't find where there was any scriptures really relating to what we call stress. But I did find some other things in the Bible, and, and you know, the Bible has the answers for us to be free from stress. Say, I'm free. You know, we can say that and we can speak that forth and we can speak that by faith that I am, I'm free, that I'm, you know, I'm stress free in my life. Things are going good. You know, I'm just kind of just whatever God wants to do. I'm just right in there with Him. But there's a lot of times that we realize that, that we have, um, stress in our life as the world calls it. But the Bible seems to call some things pressure. But I want us to look at some things tonight. If you've got your, does everybody have a handout? If you don't have a handout, would you just raise your hand? I'm going to make the ushers kind of run across the, the deal. Can you, do we have some over there that we can get to them? Just leave your hands up, and he'll get you a handout, because I really want you to be able to have this handout tonight. We're going to talk about living a stress-free life. Living a stress-free life. Living a stress-free life. I mean, how can you live a stress-free life? I mean, you know, I mean, all this stuff that's going on in the world, and you know, there's, there's, there's the 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 terrorist attacks that are taking place. We're we're at war. How can I how can I live a stress-free life? I mean, Pastor, you don't understand. I mean, I get phone calls at night for people trying to collect money from me for my debts, and how can I live a stress-free life when I got a telephone solicitor calling me wanting to sell me something, or I turn on the the TV and all I see is death and destruction. And, and the things of that nature. I mean, you know, don't you understand it? There's no way I can live a stress-free life. And anybody got a professional worrier in their family? It's like, man, what is what kind of spiritual gift is that? I mean, there's Aunt Martha. What's she doing worrying about it? She goes to you and says, what are you thinking about? I said, I'm just standing by faith. I'm, I'm cool. Well, don't you need to worry about it? Aren't you concerned about it? Aren't you, aren't you under, don't you understand? There's a new president's race is coming up, and don't you know, we don't know who's going to be the president. It hasn't mattered who the president was. Come on, somebody. From the beginning to the end, it doesn't matter who the president is because the president is not my supply. The government is not my supply. 
The Lord God Almighty is my supply, and on him I trust. Amen? So, we, you know, there's stress in everybody's life, and we begin to look at this thing, and I said, how can we live a stress-free life? So in order for us to live a stress-free life, I mean, there's got to be some things that you've got to ask first. We've got to find out some things first, right? First thing we've got to find out is what is stress. See, a lot of times you think it's stress or it's diagnosed it's stress, and it's not really stress. So we're going to find out what stress is. That's the first thing if you want to write that down. What is stress? The second thing we're going to take a look at is the signs of stress. Oh, you're going to see some things in here that you've been dealing with some stuff, and you're like, man, that's, that's it. The third thing we're going to look at is the cause of stress. What causes stress? So let's get into this. You guys ready to get into this? Let's take a look at your notes. I think on your notes you're going to find we put down what is stress. I helped you out on this a little bit. I wanted to make sure that you got this. Stress is defined as a force. It's defined as urgency or pressure. Say pressure. Now, you're going to see that in the Word of God. Troubled, disturbed, a force or violence, strain, agitation. Man, anybody ever get agitated? (laughs) My confession is good for the soul. My wife gets agitated at me because sometimes I sit there and I do that number. You know what I mean? My, My leg's always moving. She'll put my hand on this one and that other leg starts moving. You know what I mean? And then she'll just do like that, and I'm done, and then my hand's moving. You know, it's like, you know, I'm all the time moving stuff. You know, it's like, you know, what is going on with that? I'm driving along in the in the car, and I'm trying to keep awake, and I'm chewing on something. You know, I got a pen or a straw or something. I'm chewing on something, or I got a water bottle that I chew on, and I think it agitates her. I don't understand why that would be. But stress also means confused. You know one of the definitions for stress means? It means heavy weight or a heavy weight of difficulty. A heavy weight of difficulty. And I want us to look at this real quick. See, the Bible speaks of stress in in Luke chapter 10. Let's turn with me there to Luke chapter 10 because I want to read the word tonight. I want to take a look at, you're going to see Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. We're going to start out at verse, oh, we'll start out at verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Just read along with me. If you got your Bibles, um, I'm on page 1824. If you got a Bible like mine, I'm reading out of the International Version. And this is where Jesus has come to visit Mary and Martha. We see previously that, you know, Jesus is, is walking around healing. He'd sent the 70 out two by two, and, and he gave them authority, and they came back, and they said, man, even the demons are subject to, to us, man, in the name of Jesus. And, and Jesus had been teaching, and he's teaching, and he just got through talking about the parable of the Good Samaritan and, and, and about how you need to go the extra mile. So it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. Now, I want you to underline that word, distracted. In the King James Version, I I think it says cumbered. I think it says, those of you the King James Version, it says cumbered. It says Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. 
one of the amazing things about that is when you look at that, that word distracted, it means to be overly occupied. Overly occupied. We begin to look at that and, and, and it means to be cumbered. It means to be simply dragged around. Now, here's Martha and Mary and we see Martha's, you know, getting things prepared. You know, she's all concerned about, <laughs> and this, is, this may not sit well with you ladies, but you, you'll be all right. But, you know, we're always concerned. You know, the house has got to look right. It's just got to be perfect. Everything's got to be right. Don't you understand? Jesus is coming. And she missed something. But, but Mary got it. It was like, don't worry about it. The most important thing is, what's he saying? And he, are you allowing him to minister to you. Amen? So do you see this? She was distracted. But how many times do we get distracted? I mean, this isn't only with women, but it's with men too. We can be distracted about this and distracted about that. Some of you right now are distracted about something you're thinking about other than what I'm saying. Right? You're thinking about tomorrow or a little bit later today or what's coming on TV at 9 or hope he gets finished pretty soon because, you know, I got a lot of stress. I'm agitated. I wish it'd get done. I'm not going to call you out and say you're the one. (laughs) But I want us to think about this. See, she was distracted. She was distracted about some things. And there's a lot of times we come in church. I'm telling you, I have a hard time at this. I come in church, and, 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 and I want to make sure things are right for you. Or are the chairs clean? Or, you know, I walk in, and, and you guys come in, and you guys just come in. You just come in and sit down. I come in and look at the floors clean. Is this clean? Is that there? What about this? Who's doing this? What about this? Who's doing that? See, you all don't even have any idea what I'm thinking. You're thinking I'm just la, 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 la. Everything's great. I'm looking at the lights out, and that lights out up there, and I got this light out there, and I got to get that fixed, and who's going to do this, and who's going to do that? No, what about the teachers? Are they going to show up? If they don't show up, who's going to take their place, and, and are they prepared to take their place, and are we going to have any visitors tonight? If we have any visitors, is anybody going to say hello to them? Are they going to love them like unconditionally? Are they, I mean, I'm thinking about all these different things, you know, and I'm supposed to be thinking about what I'm preaching about. If you're a visitor tonight, Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Don't we do that? I mean, there's some times where our kids want our attention and we're overly occupied. We're distracted about some things. They want to come. Dad, let's play ball. Let's do this. Dad, let's do that. Now, now I'm busy. I'm busy. Can't you see I'm busy? They don't know you're busy. That's all you sitting there in the recliner. They figured you had time to play ball. Come on, somebody. See, we get overly occupied. There's some things that, you know, and, and God wants us. If you're going to understand what stress is and you're going to get agitated about some things, you're going to have to see, listen, Martha was stressed. She had stress. She was concerned about some things. Didn't look right. Aren't you going to have Mary help me? Mary, help me. I'm busy. I got things to do. Mary's going, so me too. I'm hanging out here with Jesus. But Mary, the bathroom's not clean. The beds aren't made. Mary said, don't matter. Jesus ain't going back there anyways, and he probably knows it anyhow. Are you with me? 
But you don't understand. There's 25 people here. We got to get some food. Got to get some food. Don't you understand? That's Jesus. He fed 5,000 men. He broke bread. Do you think there's any problem with us having enough food? <laughs> Come on, somebody. I mean, there's sometimes we just get overly occupied. We get distracted about some things. And then there's stress, stress, stress in our lives. And, and we, gotta, we just got to drag all this stuff around. That's what it means. Drag it around. Just drag it around. Got to drag it around with you. Let's go to church. And you're dragging all that stuff with you. Let's go home. We're dragging it there. You're dragging it. And you're dragging it. And you're just dragging it. Going to work. Getting up in the morning. There's stuff all over you. Dragging it around. That's what the word means in the Greek. Dragging it around. How much stuff are we dragging around? Man, sometimes we can't even praise and worship. We can't even jump and holler and shout. You know why? Because we're dragging the stuff around. <laughs> can't get my arm up. I'd get my arm up and raise it, Pastor. But don't you understand? I'm dragging this stuff around. I can't go on right on left. Can't get it up. Because I'm overly occupied. I'm more concerned with who's doing what. What are they doing? Hey, you see that? Did you see that person? You see that person? What about that person there? What are they doing in here? You know this is the truth. I can't believe they're here. They're a big sinner. They need to be here. And you need to take that plank out of your eye. (laughs) Say, I'm going to learn about stress. So we see what stress is. Do you realize that pressure on the outside of you is called oppression? Pressure on the inside of you is called depression. Outside, oppression. Inside, depression. There's times where people are depressed, man. They're way up here and then they're way down here. And they're way up here and they're way down here. I do that sometimes. But most of the time I'm just bouncing. I'm not depressed. I'm just on the downward jump and heading up. Are you with me? <laughs> like a spring, you know? So we begin to look at this. Turn with me to Acts chapter 10. Let's just look at a couple scriptures here real quick. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Because I want us to understand, if we know that stress is force, it's urgency, it's pressure, trouble, disturbed, force or violence, strain, agitation, confused, a heavy weight of difficulty. We know that that's what stress is. We, we have to understand what stress is. And we understand we see it in the Word. You know, Martha was stressed. She had some problems. She was dealing with it, but... Mary had what was right. Acts chapter 10. Let's look at verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Say power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of who? Of who? Of the devil or the demons. For God was with him. So he's healing people that, listen, listen that are oppressed by the devil, by demons. They're oppressed by it. They're harassed, agitated, confused, heavy weight of difficulty because of demonic oppression. See, oppression comes from the devil. And see, if oppression continues to come from the devil, it depresses you. And it will continue to depress you and depress you and depress you. You know what stress very simply is? Stress is pressure that is not dealt with properly. That's on your notes. Stress is pressure that is not dealt with properly. It's pressure. It's pressure. 
How do you handle, when the pressure's on, do you come through? How do we handle pressure? And that's what it is. It, that's what stress very simply is. It's pressure that's not dealt with properly. So how are we going to learn how to begin to deal with this? Let's take a look at what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians, and let's take a look at this pressure thing. How many of you, we're going to use the word pressure, have had pressure in your life? Amen? Yeah. So we've had pressure. Now, if pressure and stress are the same thing, then how come half the people only raised their hand when it said pressure, and then, half, and then all, everybody raised their hand when we said stress? Say, I'm under pressure. You're under pressure on some things. There's, there's pressure on some things. Are you with me? There's pressure. See, the thing of it is, is we've got to learn how to deal with it and deal with it properly, and that's what we're going to learn the next couple of weeks. Paul talks about pressure. Second Corinthians chapter 4, did I tell you that? Second Corinthians chapter 4. I want us to take a look at, at what Paul says about pressure. Because when you, when you become born again, when you give your life to Christ, listen, <laughs> your spirit changes, but there's some things in your life that are still there. Hello? When I got born again, my debt just didn't disappear. <laughs> it was still there. Amen? When you get born again, you just don't lose 10 pounds, and you know what I mean? Your body just kind of slims down or whatever. Or those of you that are underweight, you didn't gain 10 pounds, and all of a sudden you're, you're looking better. Are you with me? See, it was still there. You know, I didn't, I didn't all of a sudden have extra hair. <laughs> it didn't change. Come on, somebody. Well, there were some, probably some supernatural times where things like that happen. But let's look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's look at ver- verse 8. Paul. Paul was under pressure. Let's read this out loud together. Ready? Read. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. So check this out. You're hard-pressed on every side, but you're not crushed. Now, I don't know about you, but there's probably been some people. I mean, I could go around this, this congregation and say, you know, who's, who's really dealt with a lot of different things on stress or pressure? How bad has it been? I mean, I could go and hear all sorts of stories. How many of you think you got a real, you know, you just got to have a real tough life? Anybody? You've had a real tough life. Anybody else had a real tough life? Yeah. Real, okay. Real, yeah, real tough life, you know. And I, I'm not... I'm just saying, a lot of times we look at our situation and think, man, I've had it bad. And then I take you into a children's cancer ward, and you realize you don't have it so bad. Okay? Well, what about Paul? Let's, I, want us to, I, want us, I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, because I want to look at something. We define stress, Right? We define it with pressure, agitation, heavy weight of difficulty. Now, we think we got it bad. Now, Paul himself (laughs) says we're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Struck down, but not abandoned. Right? So he's saying, I've had a little bit of pressure in my life, and I'm telling you, we can get over it. But has Paul had, maybe you've had more pressure. You may have had more pressure than I've had. 
You may have had more pressure. Those of you that raised your hand, you may have gone through some things that I haven't gone through. There's probably some things I've gone through that you haven't gone through. So sometimes a lot of us can say, oh, we've had it bad. I've had it bad. I've had it bad. It's been tough. You don't understand. I mean, I had to walk 10 miles uphill in the snow to go to school. We've all heard stuff like that, haven't we? Gigi could probably tell you that she probably has done that. You know, I had to ride 16 miles to work one day on my bicycle because my, my car broke down. Spent the night in the, in the store because I had to work at 6 o'clock in the morning and hid so I would, would have to ride my bike 16 miles back and 16 miles back, another 32 miles. I'm talking about through Charlotte, downtown Charlotte, and the real not-so-nice neighborhoods that I have to travel through. Come on, somebody. Wow, that's been pretty bad. I've been drug out of, maybe I shouldn't tell you this. I've been drug out of a club by five guys. Had the snot beaten out of me. Can I say that in church? Had the snot beat out of me. I was under a lot of pressure. <laughs> Made some wrong decisions. You don't understand how bad it was. Somebody drags you out. You're half dead. You got lace marks on your neck and your ribs are broken and your nose and you're bleeding and you're all your, you go home and you've made it because they blood all over your clothes and you look out and a friend comes in and says, what happened to you? I just ran into a few guys. Come on. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Well, you wake up in the morning and the side of your head's gone. The skin's gone. It's, it's gone. You're just looking at a bloody towel and you don't even remember what happened last night. You wake up and hear this horror stories about all these things that happened that night. There's some of you been under a lot of different things. Some of you been in jail, under the jail. Some of you been been de- dealing with difficult areas in your life. And I want us to look at Paul because Paul said that we are going to be hard pressed, but we're not crushed. And see, that's the thing we have to understand that when stress comes in our life as a believer, it's how you handle it, what you do with it. Right? So did I tell you 2 Corinthians chapter 11? I got to get there. So we talked about stress. We're understanding the definition of stress. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Anybody got the page number on that? 1815. Okay. I'm more confused now. I'm going to start off with... um, I want you to go, when I, when I give you scriptures, make sure you read some before and some after. You understand what he's talking about in this. and He's really talking about the things that he had suffered. Now, some of you know that, some of you know this, what I'm going to read, but some of you don't. We think we got it bad. Let's take a look at Paul, who said that I'm going to be hard-pressed, but I'm not crushed. Let's start off at verse um, um, 23. Are they servants of Christ? <laughs> He says, he says, am I out of my mind to talk like this? I am more. I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged uh, more severely. And I've been exposed to death again and again. Would you say right now, just by hearing that, that Paul's had a little bit of pressure in his life? He's been a little stressed at times. Look at verse 24. Five times, say five times. You think you got it bad? Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. That's 39 whoops across your back. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. 
Ooh. Once I was stoned. I'm talking about physically stoned, not... <laughs> don't take the word. I mean, don't, don't try to read something that's not in there. I mean, yeah, hey, you know, preacher, you know. God made marijuana. Yeah, he made banana peels too, but I don't smoke them. Come on. Well, you know, I mean, Paul got stoned. <laughs> no, no. The devil's a liar. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Huh. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own countrymen, danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, danger in the country. You got nowhere to go. I mean, why would you be shipwrecked three times? I'm telling you, after the first time, I think I'd be hesitating to get back on the boat. And then after it happens the second time, I'd be going, wait a minute, I'm definitely not going. There's some people won't even fly, never flown before, won't even get on a plane. They got so much stress. Oh, don't you know people die? More people die in an automobile accident. (laughs) Paul had it bad, guys. I've labored and I've toiled and I've gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and I've often gone without food. I don't think he was going without food here fasting. There was no food around to eat or nobody would give him any. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily pressures of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak, who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn. burn. If I must boast, I will boast about the things to show my weakness. I want us to look at this. Holy smokes. Paul was under some pressure. Can anybody top, anybody sitting in here top what Paul went through? I sure can't. I mean, I can't imagine being beaten once 39 times, but five times. And he didn't stop preaching the gospel. Here's what bothers me. It bothers God. If God can be bothered. Can he be bothered? What do you think? (laughs) Think about this. He did all that, still preach the gospel. But we start talking about Jesus in a restaurant, and somebody looks at us weird, we be quiet. Not me. Somebody asks you about your faith at work, and you're afraid to share it with them. Not me. Somebody says, well, I'm hurting, and the Holy Spirit says to pray for them, and you say, preacher's supposed to do that. Uh Uh-uh. Come on. Are you getting something tonight? We allow a little bit of stress, a little bit of pressure, a little agitation, a little bit of heavy weight come upon us, and we bail out. Not Paul. He, He spent some time in jail. It wasn't for doing illegal things. People forget that. 
I've heard people that I've been ministered to in the jailhouse. Well, Paul spent some time in jail. We're supposed to relate this to you? What? It doesn't relate to you. Come on, somebody. Paul wasn't out buying and supplying and you got caught. It's like me. Paul wasn't out doing something illegal and got caught. So it doesn't relate. I mean, that's taking the word out of context. Come on, somebody. So let's take a look. Let's take a look at the signs of stress. See if these signs of stress. I think I got these listed on your, on your handout. You ever dealt with stress? Shake a look and see if any of these. If, if I read one and you say, you know, that's me, just. In fact, as I read one and that's you, just say, me. Forgetfulness, me. Temper, me. Chronic fatigue. Tired, me. Cynicism. Negative, me. Critical. Helplessness. Oh, my word. We're in trouble. No sense of accomplishment. I mean, you know, I mean, you can't seem to accomplish anything. It's kind of like being on a treadmill. Or, or, or that little, uh, what is that little, uh, yeah, gerbil. Gerbil. It's a gerbil wheel. I was going to say gerbils wobble, but they don't fall down. It's weebles wobble, but gerbil. I mean, I had this hamster. That was the word I'm looking for. I had this hamster, and he would just run that wheel. I mean, 2 o'clock in the morning, you'd hear that thing squeak. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have one of them? Uh, I'm not going to tell you what happened to mine. Signs of stress, it's no sense of accomplishment. You don't feel like you got anything done. Anybody ever felt like a failure? That you felt like you were boxed in or hedged in and just weren't able to get things out? See, stress is the root cause to these symptoms. Stress is the root cause to these symptoms, and we need to deal with this thing called stress. We need to deal with the root, and it'll change the fruit. See, if you can deal with the root of a problem, if you can deal with the root of a problem, then we can deal with the fruit that's coming forth. So we've got to go after this thing, okay? How about another sign of stress? Here's some constant illness. That can be a sign of stress. You're constantly sick. You know some people that are constantly sick? It's like, man, I went to see so-and-so, and they're sick. They're all the time sick. They, they go to work sick. They go home sick. They go play sick. They're just sick. All the time they're sick. How about headaches? Tension? Migraines? High blood pressure? Allergies? Often allergies can be a sign of, uh, of stress. Can be other things also, but can be a sign of stress. See, I believe that by the stripes of Jesus that I am healed. I said, I believe that by the stripes of Jesus I am healed. But yet we deal with all these things all the time, don't we? And sometimes on a daily basis. Has anybody experienced the sign or symptoms of stress in here? <laughs> I think we all have. Let's look at number three. Number three, the causes of stress. This is where we're going to get in a little deep here. The causes of stress. The enemy. We read it, right? Wasn't it what Acts 10:38? He said Jesus went around healing all of those that were oppressed by the devil. 
It's cause of stress. Here's another cause of stress. Unsurrendered soul. What is that? I'm glad you asked. We know that our soul is our mind, our will, and emotions. Say that. Mind, will, and emotions. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's part of your soul. See, what we have to deal with is sometimes, sometimes what we deal with can be demonic, and sometimes it's flat because you don't want to. I'll smile because some of y'all are going. That we call an unsurrendered soul. Do you know what it means when you surrender? I surrender all, all to Jesus. Something Savior, I surrender all. See, what happens is we've got to surrender these things to him. And an unsurrendered soul says, I'll give him this, but not this. Come on. I'll give him this part, but no, no, no. He can't be messing with that part now. That part I'm not giving up. I'm keeping that part. It's because you, you want to cause stress. It's because you're trying to keep something God's trying to shake loose of you. He's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to give, me, give me that. I want that. Give, give me that. And you got your hand on it. And you won't let go of it. You, no, 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 no. And God will say, fine, you want it, keep it. You got the freedom to choose. Paul says, I have the freedom to do what I want to do. Do what I want to do. And you can do what you want to do. But the things that you have the freedom to do may not be good for you. But we still have the freedom to do it. So I want us to think about this. The enemy can cause stress. Absolutely. There's no doubt that pressure can come upon your life. Things can begin to happen. You set your mind on things because of an unsurrendered soul and say, wait a minute, I'm thinking so much that I'm no good. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't change. I'm going to be this way the rest of my life. And sometimes it's, it's an unsurrendered soul. You're not willing to say, okay, God, I got to deal with this issue. I'm ready to give it up. I remember the time, I mind sharing with you, my, my past, I, I remember the time that uh, let me share this with you. Some of you need to know what happened with Michael. Because there's some of you in here don't. And some of you visitors, I pray that you'll come back because you'll hear my heart and you'll know that I love the Lord. But I had a relationship before Christ. Michael is going to be 22. You added up. I'm 45. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 21 and was 24. I gave him. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 21. I was 24. I gave him my life. So I had. I had a child out of wedlock. Y'all okay? Good. Because I want you to understand that what we saw Sunday was 10 years of prayer that took place. I found out that he was mine when he was eight years old. By then, I had given Christ my life, my life. I set up child support payments. I flew out to see him. My father was dying of cancer. 
I wanted him to see his grandson that he'd never seen. I didn't even know till he was eight. We did blood testing, DNA testing. He was mine. I guess some of you could probably see some of that. <laughs> From 8 to 12, I visited with him. A lot of stress in my life, a lot of pressure. And I came across that scripture during that time. He said, I'm hard-pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. I'm persecuted, persecuted. I was persecuted. The church persecuted me. The church I was in persecuted me. I was concerned about you guys persecuting me. Throw me up on the cross, you know, burn me at the stake, whatever it may be. Because some of you didn't know, some of you knew. So I found out, tried to develop a relationship with him, flew out to California many times, met with him. He didn't want a relationship with me. At 12, I had to make that decision that I can't do this. God, you have to do this. So I didn't have any contact with him from 12 to 17. They called up, you know, wanted the last year of my child support and a little extra money so he could buy a car. Great. He bought a car. Didn't hear from him again until he was 21. Are you with me? He wouldn't come see me. He wouldn't even talk to me. I didn't get any Father's Day cards. I didn't get any birthday cards. You understand? See, what I wanted you to see, I'm not saying this to feel sorry for me. Oh, woe is me. That's not it. I'm saying this to because of what God did. Because of prayer. And some of you are standing and you're praying on some things right now. And you've been praying for a year or two years or three years or five years. I'm telling you, don't give up. Because God is faithful. He is a faithful God. He's an on-time God. He'll begin to come in your midnight hour. And when it's 1159, he'll come. And then when all of a sudden, you know, we, he called, the phone rang, and it was his mother. And she was like, he wants to talk to you. He wants to have a relationship with you. I was like, say what? I was like, oh, my word. God, you're moving. And then when we were out there, he doesn't have a whole lot going for him right now, but things are going to turn. And we said, hey, you got an opportunity. Put his car in the shop, try to get it fixed because it's hard to work out there without uh, transportation. He was under a lot of pressure. And he came back with us. And that first night we laid in bed and I looked at my wife and she said, honey, can you believe this? And I was still like, pinch me. My son's upstairs in Oklahoma, sleeping in her house. For many times that I've prayed, and as many times I got mad at God and was under stress or under pressure, and just said, forget it! Don't give up. That's what Paul was talking about. He was talking about not giving up. Ricky and Kendra. Nita, we love you. And we know that you're doing the right thing. Amen? And we're not going to turn our backs on you. We're going to stand here with you. We're going to support you. And we're going to love you. Amen? Because you repent, you turn away. Just like all of us, we repent, we turn away, and we allow God to change our lives. So don't you be embarrassed and don't you be upset because we, and if there's anybody in here that, that, that doesn't support you, they can leave. I had, a, I had a, a pastor friend of mine, and I mean, in Norman, Oklahoma, I'm just going to go where God wants me to go because there's some places we got to go in order to get a stress-free life. Who made you the, 
the person that's supposed to decide all the answers anyway. His, his daughter got pregnant. He said, Eric, he said, you wouldn't believe this. You know, some of you know Bill Sanchez. He came up for the, for, uh, for the concert of prayer and his Hispanic pastor. And he, you know, he, they played and they ministered. Bill's daughter got pregnant. He said the church liked to threw him out. He said, it wasn't my fault. She repented. She turned away from that. And he said the church split. Half of them left. Why? Because she was on the praise and worship team. He sat her down for a while and said, you're not going to be on the praise and worship team for a while. And he asked the Lord how long. And the Lord had told him. And when the time was up, he put her back up there and they said, she shouldn't be up there. And he said, maybe you shouldn't be here. Don't condemn somebody. Come on, somebody. We all need a chance. And that's what's wrong with Christians nowadays. Yeah, I got, I've been hurt more in a church than I have anywhere else. A bunch of heathens in that church. There's a, a bunch of hypocrites. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. It's amazing I can sit in the bar next to a guy, and he's a hypocrite too. <laughs> but I don't say nothing to him about it. I sure don't lend him money or want to take him anywhere. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I definitely don't want to introduce him to my girlfriend. You all know what I'm talking about. You can't trust him. So I want you to know, Nita, we love you. And Bill, we love you. And Kendra, we love you. And Ricky, we love you. I want you guys to know that. And in a couple of weeks, when you stand up here, you're going to be standing up here before God, and you're going to take that wedding vow, and it's going to be a serious deal, and I am honored to be able to perform that wedding that's coming up. And I want to encourage everybody to come here. It's no different than somebody that's just gotten released from prison. They come in here, give their life to Christ, want to change, want to be set free, want to be delivered. We don't need to be pointing a finger in their face and saying, you know, you're a dirty, rotten, scoundrel sinner. I was a sinner. I Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Do I live a perfect life? No, you can ask Shelly. She'll be glad to tell you. Amen? But I'm striving after the things of God. So turn to your neighbor and say, keep striving. Turn to your other neighbor and say, keep striving. You know, we got to keep striving. We got to keep moving towards the things of God. Don't, I mean, here's the thing. Don't get unplugged. So what do we do? What do we do with all the stress, preacher? I got all the stress and pressure coming on all my life. What do we do? I'm going to give you the answer next week. I am. I'm going to give you the answer next week. You want to know how to deal with this pressure? We're going to give you the answer next week, how to deal with the pressure. Just, you'll be all right. Just take that scripture. I don't know if I can make it till next week. I got to have it now. <laughs> you'll be okay. You're hard-pressed on every side, but you're not crushed. Persecuted, but not abandoned, right? Struck down, but not destroyed. Amen? So you keep taking that scripture, and you get it in you. So, you know, I said, wait a minute, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can make it. I'm going to make this thing. So we're going to learn how to deal with this stress, and we're going to get it out of our lives. 
Will there be pressure? Yes. But we'll have the word that says, hey, you know what? It ain't over, baby. It ain't over. We're going to have that word that's going to say it's not over. So I want you you to understand that. I want us to realize that and understand that. Hang on, Susan. I think I'm just going to, let's just stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, we can live a stress-free life. Now, now there's, you know, you don't, you don't want to go so far in the other directions, you could care less about nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know some people like that. What are you going to do today? I don't know. You're going to work? I don't know. You know, they want you to show up. Ah, so what? I'll get there. If I make it, I make it. I don't know. If I case around, what'll be, what'll be. No, 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 don't, don't, go, don't get that way. God wants us to have a spirit of excellence. Let me ask you tonight. Let me ask you tonight. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Man, I can look around and see many people that I know know Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for you guys coming here tonight. But if you don't, things can change. Just like when I was 21 years old, and I didn't even know what it was called back then because I really hadn't been to church, but it was a Pentecostal church. I mean, they were doing cartwheels and doing all sorts of stuff, and I was like, what is this? But something happened. I gave my life to Christ. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ that night. And you can do that tonight if you've not done that. Maybe some of you might say, you know what? I, I got to get refocused. I got to really, I, I've been walking and I, I need to start walking closer to him. That can change. You can rededicate your life. Some of you might need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's available tonight for you. Some of you might be visiting, looking for a church home. There's, I hope we've given you some information. If you say, hey, we want you to ask God where you're to be. And God says this is it, then we want you to come and be part of it because we want to learn and grow. We want to teach you and train you. And it's a process that we're going through. We're all under process. And we're going to learn to live a stress-free life. So we're going to give you the answer to that next week. So let's just pray. Father, right now, if any of you need healing in your body, we're going to ask you to come. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to ask the ministry teams to come forth. If you need prayer for anything, Lord, I thank you for the praise for for Janice Seal, Lord, that when we had heard that she was on her way to Oklahoma City, that, Lord God, that, that there was some problems, and then the doctors got in and said, there is no problems, that you do that for her, that you'll do it for us as as Prophet Virginia said, it, that, that you're no respecter of person. What you've done for one, you'll do for another, Lord. And as we've heard and we understand that, Lord, we know that you are a respecter of your position. And, Lord, we wanted to move our position closer to you tonight. Lord, I'm just asking you, Lord, if there's any person in here that needs you as Lord and Savior, that they'll come. We're going to ask you to come right now. We're going to ask you that if there's a person here that wants to rededicate their life, come up and let us pray for you. Let us love you unconditionally. Let us just encourage you and strengthen you tonight. Some that might want to receive the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I, I believe you can receive that tonight by faith. Some of you may be looking for a church home. We would love to have you. Whatever it may be, we want to pray and bless you and minister over you tonight and pray blessings over you. Lord, I thank you that we are not going to allow stress to rule us, that we are going to rule over our emotions. We're not going to allow the enemy to take advantage of us, and we're not going to allow our our unsurrendered soul to say, no, I'm not going to do this if you need prayer. 
So, Lord, we just release your word tonight. We thank you that according to your word, it, it does not return to you void, but it does what it's planned and purposed to do. Lord, those that are visiting tonight, I, I pray blessings over them right now in the name of Jesus. Bless their homes. Bless their families. Give them a rich evening tonight, Lord God. Stir it up within them, Lord. Stir their hearts up. Every person that's in here at the sound of my voice, Lord God, just stir them up right now. Let them just be, let them just feel your presence. Let it be a tangible anointing that they take with them. Speak to them in dreams and visions tonight, Lord God. Speak to your people tonight, Lord God. We are listening, Lord. And Lord, I just ask for blessings to be upon every person, every household, every family, every member of Living Word Fellowship right now in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.